fire, fire. I cannot get the blip to work at the beginning of the thing. And I did a 30 second countdown. Hi, everybody. Peter Dunn, the Pete the Planner Show. Good morning. Good day. Hello. Damien Dunn joins us as always. Hello, Dame. I wasn't sure if that was just a really awkward introduction or I, I didn't know what was going on. After it's that. always an awkward introduction. Oh, Dame. Another day, another dollar. I don't know what that means. Uh, we are going... Oh, listen to this. I was in the car today and I heard... Uh, is it Virtual Insanity? Is that the name of the uh, Jamiroquai song? Sure is. And I thought... Why in the world has that not been the pre-show music of every Zoom meeting in the last 18 months? You know someone's clever enough to have done it. But then I'm like, what? when else are you going to play Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai? Which happens to be, number one, a really good song. Jamiroquai is completely underrated. Number three, the video was amazing. Why haven't people done that, Dame? I don't know. I, we need to look into licensing rights to see what it's going to cost for us to make this happen. Maybe we could set up a GoFund us. <laughs> GoFund us. Uh, Dame, this week on the show, we're doing a few different things. We're talking about... Uh, it, it's sort of in the spirit of we were talking about life insurance last week. It's 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 sometimes it's good. It's sometimes it's bad. It just depends on the person. Everyone likes to paint refinancing a high interest rate loan or any sort of loan is always a good thing. Well, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. So we'll talk about the good and the bad of refi when you should and would you should not. And it is slightly inspired by your recent radio appearance, big time dame, uh, this past Wednesday. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, next, uh, you know, we're also going to talk about uh, choosing a job based on wage, like a part-time job. Uh, recently, a uh, restaurant that I like to go to uh, was advertising online the different job and pay choices they have, and it was just sort of peculiar, and I want to go through it, and we'll talk about that. Dame, uh, Jeremiah says your audio is low. Maybe I should stop talking so people can actually hear that. Uh, maybe you should stop talking because... People just enjoy it when you stop talking. All right. So hopefully that's better. Jeremiah, let us know if that insult was at a better tone. Uh, and then, Dame, the third segment, <clears throat> I think we're going to talk about Amazon's insistence on having brick and mortar. They, they've dominated everything, and now they're just like, you know what? We're going to have department stores now, which, which is true. And, uh, and, and it's just sort of mind-boggling. So I think we're going to talk about that. Then, of course, biggest waste of money of the week, which is a pretty great waste of money. I mean, not great in the sense of uh, you should waste it. It's great of like, wow, why would anyone buy that? Uh, oh. So that's what we're doing. Okay. <clears throat> it's with that that uh, we now uh, start the show. Anything you want to say before we start the show here, Dave? Anything you want to get out, get off your chest? Am I stalling for you to accomplish some other task that we don't need to know about? No, but let's not pull back the curtain. Oh, sorry. No, I'm 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 good, but I appreciate you thinking of my feelings and thoughts. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works: you email us. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com, and here's what happens. We'll answer your question on the air. Our relationship may extend beyond that. It, it may stop there. No one knows. And by we, I mean Damian Dunn, Vice President of Advice at your money line and Hey Money. Hello, Dame. We don't need to define our relationship, Pete. Let's just see where it goes organically. Damian Dunn, big radio star, been on several different podcasts and radio shows in the last few weeks. And Dame, I was listening to your appearance 
on All In uh, on WFYI as a public radio uh, this week. And you were on there and you were talking about student loans and uh, someone else was talking about student loans, refinancing and, and forgiveness and all these sorts of things. And, and it occurred to me that sometimes when people come up against a complicated financial situation, that their solution ideally turns to ease. Like I, I've got a complicated situation. I want to make it easier. But in seeking that ease, they make their financial life worse. And, and of course, what I'm talking about is oftentimes consolidation of debts. Uh, I'm talking about refinancing and putting um, many debts into to one, which also is another uh, phrase for consolidation, and, and changing the interest rate out of the desire to have ease. And, and Dame, the reality is sometimes it is worth investing some brain power instead of ease because it's just a better financial situation. And, and I think that's what I want to focus on here to start the show. It, occasionally, you are exactly right. People will... Uh make this decision uh, because they they just they need a little bit of relief whether that's uh financial whether that's mental whatever the case may be they see an issue in front of them they say how can i solve this problem and they choose maybe a consolidation or a refinance of, of some sort and if they're not careful they can dig themselves into a little bit of a deeper hole so uh, this is a worthy topic there are two uh, versions of this. W one of them I kind of buy and the other one I don't. So here, here's one version. Uh, I've had several jobs. I have a bunch of 401ks. Yeah. I'm thinking about just consolidating them down into one IRA so that I can stay organized. Okay, so that's something I a lot of times get down with. Like I, I sort of agree with that sentiment. And it's based on this idea that it's likely you can lessen your expenses and you can get better investment options by taking control of that IRA, right? I mean, so that, that is a reasonable thing to do. Absolutely. Now, the flip side, let's say you've got a bunch of different student loans or a lot of credit card debts or a lot of different things. You get into consolidating those debts into one product with a fixed uh, interest rate of some sort. And oftentimes it, it, it shifts the dynamics of that and it, and, it, and it causes problems and it's not advantageous for you. And all of it is justified by this one simple phrase is, it's just easier if I have one payment. And, and Dame, unfortunately, while that is true, it doesn't justify the decision. So uh, oftentimes when you when you hear banking commercials, you're, you'll, you'll hear these weird justifications as to why people should refinance debts. They would say things like, hey, it's nice to have one payment or free up money for cash flow or uh, free up money for those uh, vacation you've always, always wanted to go on. And, and the reality is if you're going to refinance anything, you have to have a specific goal in 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 mind. And generally speaking, freeing up cash flow is not a great goal, although it seems like one. Dave, why is that? If you don't, you're going to end up, like I said, just putting yourself deeper into a hole. If if you don't have that plan, let's say um, your plan simply is to make ends meet from from one month to the next. That that's a reasonable plan. If you are spending too much on payments. And uh, you can't 
I mean, you don't you just don't have the ability to have enough cash flow to to make it from one month to the next and you can consolidate that's a potentially decent reason to make sure that you can survive and you can fill those obligations that you have from month to month. However, if it is to free up cash flow, I think the problem that you and I see with that is, is what's the goal going to be with that cash flow? Because if you can fill that up with other obligations, you're not really getting any further ahead. You're potentially just making your life even more stressful. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the thing. Um, th- th- to me, if you're going to refinance, there's only a couple goals that are actually making sense. Number one, to lower your payment so that you can then pay what you used to pay and more of the principal is taken off, right? Because if you've got one type of amortized loan and there's principal and interest payments within that one payment and you lower the interest rate, thus lowering the payment, if you pay what you used to pay, more of that payment goes to pay down the principal loan amount and that is a very good thing. So that is reason number one is to pay down the loan faster which in turn pays the least amount of interest as well. Dame, the other way to consider this is really on those amortized loans is change the period of which you're repaying the loan. Oftentimes, when it comes to things like a mortgage, I think it actually makes more sense to increase your payment via refinance because you've lessened the period of the loan. For instance, if you go from a 30-year to a 15-year and that increases your payment by 100 bucks a month, fantastic, do it. Uh, but I think people are so opposed to that. And I think sometimes people in the loan business get so caught up with trying to show the benefits of refinancing that they oftentimes, uh, you know, mask the true benefit, which is to get out of debt sooner and pay less interest. That's my theory. Are you buying it? Do you think the... Do you think the um, pause comes from the individual themselves or the the people that are, you know, uh, the salespeople, I'll just say the salespeople uh, that are are trying to convince them of what the best course of action is going to be for them? If if I'm if I'm thinking about it, I think the pause comes from the individual. Uh, They we are so payment driven anymore. You don't buy a car based on total cost. You buy a car on payments. So you're going to stretch that out to. 84 months now or whatever the case may be because that's the payment that fits in your in your month-to-month cash flow but where does that come from like where does that that newfound culture and sentiment come from i would argue it comes from the institutions making it part of the ethos think about this is this any different than buying a hundred calorie pack of chips ahoy and convincing yourself that hey it's just 100 calories well no it's it's two miniature chips ahoy that aren't healthy for you anyway, but you convince yourself since it's 100 calories, it might be the right thing to do. I, I, I think it's the, sort of the same concept, no? First of all, Chips Ahoy are trash, and you should have picked a different cookie. Wow, I don't want to be that aggressive. They are a sponsor of the show. Oh, wow. They're... Speaking of sponsors of the show, I'm taking us way off track now. <laughs> okay, so uh, this morning, I was cutting a commercial for the Indiana College 529 plan, which uh, I am a paid endorser of. And I don't know if I'm allowed to... Actually, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what I was about to say. Uh, let's just say this. They have a contest coming up in September that is, I've been doing these commercials for years, and I just read them. Uh, this this contest that's coming up in September, it's amazing. Like it's, it's true. I was like, what? And then it occurred to me, Dame, I can't enter the contest 
because I'm a paid endorser. But I would I would so enter that contest. And now I'm mad that I'm a paid endorser because I would much rather win that contest. As soon as you said contest, I thought, oh, I hope I can enter because I'm affiliated with Pete. I, I, thought, maybe, I thought maybe I would be precluded from entering as well. That's a good question. But you should totally enter. I, I don't think I should say anything about it because I don't think it's public. I might already be in trouble. <sighs> but it's September 1st through September 30th is this contest for the Indiana College Choice 529 plan. And I, I want to enter. Yeah, you always think it's like, well, oh, the McDonald's game, uh, the McNopoly game was rigged. And you've watched the documentary on all of that. And it's like, oh, it's rigged. And, and now I'm finally like, well, oh, I want to win something, but I can't because it would seem like it's rigged, but it wouldn't be. I would just be really lucky. Damn, let's do this. Let's take a break. Coming back, we're going to go through different job choices based on pay. All that is next on the Pete the Planner Show on Pete the Planner. It's true. I, I should stop talking about the contest <laughs> because I feel like maybe I just got in trouble. Apply. I mean, you're just here. Can I, let me slack it to you. Let me slack it to you. That way we can talk about it in code and nobody else will know what we're talking about. Yeah. Don't tip the hand there. Okay. Do you see it? Trying. Hi, everybody. Hi, Danza. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jameson, Jeremiah, Brittany, Jeremy. Good to see you. To, to one, one person? One person. Don't mess this up. One person um, just for and you know, like no purchase necessary, but it's like, w w really? Wow. Yeah. And here I do this. <laughs> uh, it's in the form of this. Oh, I figured. Yeah. But still. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy asks, Dame, what's your thought on the new Girl Scout cookie? What is the new Girl Scout cookie? Yeah, I don't even know. It's probably trash. Uh, da, 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 new Girl Scout cookie. Haven't we talked on the show before about my love for Girl Scout cookies and my dismay with that Boy Scout popcorn was like $39,000 a box? Yeah. And then I got people upset about that. Oh, I didn't know that. Ooh. Adventurefuls brownie cookies. Brookies? Bro Brookies. Brookies. Brownie cookie? Yeah. Adventurefuls. All right. Okay. I'm going to read this here. Get ready to taste the adventure. This year, I'm going to use my Indiana College Five. Pete the Planner here. This year, cookie-loving consumers across the country can get a great big taste of deliciousness and adventure with new Adventurefuls, the latest addition to the iconic Girl Scout cookie lineup. An indulgent brownie-inspired cookie with caramel-flavored creme and a hint of sea salt. Adventurefuls take cookie lovers on a delicious taste adventure just like Girl Scouts go on their own amazing adventures all year long. Girl Scouts across the United States will offer adventurous cookies next cookie season alongside favorites like Thin Mints, Samoas, and Caramel Delights. So they are brownie cookies. Hi, Lori. Um, yeah, so what they look like is um, they look like it's like a ring of brownie, like flat brownie. And then there's like a cookie inserted, almost like you, know, you do like thumbprint cookies yeah. with like Hershey Kisses in the middle. Yeah. But the brownie's on the outside. And then they've got a drizzle of caramel over the top. I really think texture is important when it comes to brownies, and so I'm not sure how the addition of a cookie to the the flavor or to the uh, the, the, the 
the program's going to really help on that. So I, I will withhold judgment on that. It, it sounds decent on, uh, on its face, but I think the texture is what's going to make or break that one. You know, is there another food that the good version of it is amazing and the bad version of it is just awful as much as brownies? Yes, uh, macaroni and cheese and macaroni and cheese ice cream. Oh, stop it. Uh, next, say, oh, I got to pull up the information here for this segment because otherwise the segment starts and we're not ready. <laughs> My father-in-law sent me a text message last night to let me know a local place was selling very inexpensive roses if I wanted to earn points with my wife, which is his daughter. And I'm like, is that not a brother helping a brother out right there? Totally. He also understands that I need points with his yeah. daughter, my wife, which is also interesting. He's known me for 25 years. Why hasn't somebody set up an app that uh, pushes stuff like that out to us? Say like cheap flowers at so-and-so today. Go, go get them. I saw something online the other day that people want an app that two married people can use when, when they are about to go to dinner and all the options pop up. And so you don't have to talk about it and you just swipe left or right. And it tries to find a match of where you want to eat. And then that's where you go eat. That is genius, isn't it? Yes. But it's also a very sad reflection on the state of relationships today. Is it, or is it just realistic? Like if I, here's, here's what often will, well, here's the conversation in our house. Uh, Mrs. Planner, which I don't call her that, but what would you like for dinner? She's like, I don't care. Anything's fine. Okay. How about pizza? Nah. No. Oh, oh, would you want to get uh, Mexican? Mm-mm. How about burgers? No. Oh, fine. You choose. Um, whatever. I don't care. It's like, really? Really? That's every, every time we dine out. And every sitcom on TV at some yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, Dame, uh, earlier this week, I found something online and I text messaged you after hours uh, to, to reflect uh, something incredibly interesting in a byproduct of the times in which we live. Restaurants are really trying to hire people. Like they're struggling to find people to hire. And so they have to be innovative. You've seen wages come up. I saw an article in the paper here recently that in the state of Indiana, $15 an hour has more or less become the starting wage for, for any job. And so, uh, Dame, I'm looking at this ad for this local restaurant, which I love this restaurant, and it is independent, locally owned, and they list the different jobs they're hiring for, and then they they list the different wage components to those jobs but it's so interesting that it became a story problem for me and i'm fascinated and now i want to talk about it so dame what i'm going to do is i'm going to tell you the one two three four five different jobs that are available i will tell you the wages and then i will tell you why it's interesting and then you get to pick the job you want all right that makes sense yes i will also note after 30 days of staying employed at any of these jobs you receive a $200 bonus. Okay. Okay, so just putting that in your in your cap there, okay? The carryout uh, hostess, right? The hostess slash carryout person who just brings stuff to your car, okay? $6 an hour. Oh, wait, I want to go, th- oh, hold on, Dude, forget the numbers. I'm going to go through the jobs first and I'll come back and hit the numbers. Okay. So carryout hostess, it's the same job. Bussers, people clean tables and whatnot. Servers, bartenders 
And then line cook dishwasher prep is, is one job. Okay, are you ready for this? Yes, I am. This is fast and furious. All right. Carry out, you might want to take notes. If you're listening at home, you might want to take notes. Carry out hostess is $6 an hour, which is, which is below minimum wage. So I'm not sure, just to start, I'm not sure how in the world, if this person is not a server, how they get away with paying below minimum wage. I don't understand that. Right? I'm assuming that uh, it is codified in law somewhere and this fine establishment is abiding by the very rules that they are set forth in. Just occurred to me, I've never said the word codify. Congratulations. But the average tips are, they're saying are $25 an hour for this position. All right. Okay, so it's six bucks an hour, average tips of $25 an hour for a total of $31 an hour. But the, the, the carryout or hostess accepts the risk if business is slow. True. I would also like to ask maybe now or later, maybe save it, the answer for later. I'll ask the question now. If they put the average tips are $25 an hour, what's the approach there for the restaurant? Do they try to be really conservative with that estimate or are they really liberal with that estimate? You know what I mean? Next question. Bussers. These are people who clean tables and whatnot. $7.25 an hour. So these people make $1.25 an hour more. Dame, can you look up real quick minimum wage in the state of Indiana so while, while I'm doing this? seven eighty-five, I think, but I'll check. Okay. S- average tips for this position, $40 to $60 a night. $40 to $60 a night. Okay. okay, so you see why this is already fascinating. We've got $6 an hour for a carryout or hostess with $25 an hour of tips. Then we've got $7.25 an hour for bussers, and the average tips is $40 to $60 for the whole shift. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for number three? Yes. Servers, $2.13 an hour. Average tips, though, 30 to $40 an hour. Now, here's what's interesting about this. If you look at the carryout and hostess and you look at the servers, let's say uh, the server has an average night. They're going to make $32.13 an hour, where the carryout hostess is likely to make $31 an hour, a dollar an hour shorter with a lot less aggravation. So wouldn't, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but wouldn't you just take that job? Yeah, you're, you're stepping on my responses. Oh, sorry. Did you find out how much it is in the state of Indiana? Seven twenty-five. Okay, that would explain why the busters get seven twenty-five. Bartenders, you ready for this? Six dollars an hour, much like the carry-on hostess. Average tips of thirty to forty dollars an hour. Okay. Okay. Now, finally, line cook, dishwasher prep is just fifteen bucks an hour. Are you ready to make your selection and to let me know how you would choose? I, I've never seen it laid out this way in an ad, and I'm I'm just fascinated with this. What would you choose? I think the hostess is the the hands down winner here. Can you be a hostess if you're a man though, or you got to be a host? They're not hiring for hosts. It's it's 2021, Pete. I can be whatever I want. That's a good point. Uh, okay, so you're going with hostess. Yes. <laughs> Here's why. Yeah, Bartend- here's- bartender is attractive, except 
easy you're married you've got to deal with people and yeah possibly drunk people I, that that has no interest for me at this point in my life this place is in east carmel and on the ad it, it, to be fair it says great loyal customer base uh parentheses no karens which i i think is fantastic and unrealistic potentially unrealistic all right so i'm with you man i i would go the carryout hostess because it's the least amount of aggravation other than if people think their curbside is taking too long because they have curbside there, you get the honkers, you get the callers, you get the passive. <sighs> and by the way, how is someone tipped for carryout? I, mean, I would assume when you order online, then you can put a tip in there because I've done that. But I guess if you call in your order and then you sign your receipt, then you, you're dependent on whether someone is a carryout tipper or not. Yeah, I and also I there's obviously tip splitting going on here as well with uh with the bussers and and whatnot. So I'm I'm not sure if everything just goes into a, a a big kitty and everything gets divided out at a certain percentage for the evening or or how that works. But I think there's a clear winner here, Pete. I do too. Bartenders is a second. Uh, we have a coworker who uh, slangs drinks from time to time uh just to earn some extra money and uh makes a killing in tips makes a sure. killing 100 uh, sure um here's here's what i still don't understand and i don't want this to be the point of the, the the segment here today i just still don't understand how people can get away paying two dollars and 13 cents an hour and the last thing i want to do is to beat up on the restaurant industry because it's been beaten up enough i just can't get my head around that idea that the risk of not getting paid falls completely on the server who spends their time there when it's the restaurant that's not bringing in the business from a marketing perspective that sounds real judgmental but how can you talk me out of that what if uh, what if the restaurant said all right we'll pay you 15 dollars an hour but you're only going to get a percentage of your tips i i think i would have, i think i would have less of a problem with that but I, but I guess the other side of this is what some restaurants are trying to do is to get rid of tipping and just pay the wages higher. Yeah, I, I mean, isn't wouldn't be a server earning two bucks an hour, but making you know thirty to forty bucks in tips an hour? Isn't that kind of like a commission gig almost at that point? If there's business, but then also let let's say some of these restaurants, depending on what's going on carry out is so popular and curbside is so popular that you're not getting the flow of tables that you used to get if you're a server on the inside it's true that is true i know that the owner of this company this restaurant i would love to have a conversation with them not because i'm judgmental over it because i'm not i'm just truly fascinated of how they how this all works anyway math fun on the radio everybody coming up after the break is amazon trying to build department stores that's next i'm pete the planner Am I overly fascinated with that, or is it fascinating? Uh, no, I think lots of people have wondered, me included, what uh, wages really look like for wait staff and bartenders and whatnot uh, at a, a, a good restaurant. And I mean, this isn't even a, a super high end restaurant that, that you're paying, you know, a hundred bucks a a plate for by the end of the night. So, no, I. I'm very fascinated by it. I'd love to know the outcome of your uh, your conversation with them. 
Yeah, I don't know. Here's the other thing. I was in LA a couple a month ago or so, uh, and restaurants out there, really nice restaurants, at the bottom they'll say we add four percent to every tab to pay for healthcare mm-hmm. for our staff. And I'm like, okay, I I can get down with that. But even the math of that is is weird to me. Like if I have a, a if we have a big party and we have three hundred dollars on the tab and we're paying four percent of that versus someone's there for the exact amount of time they don't order a booze or anything else and they don't have 4% added to it. Like I, I struggle with that. It sounds like this is a, uh, a, a cause that you need to take up with. Uh, I, I don't think so. Yeah, just, just start, start a, a, a YouTube channel, uh, some petitions. I think this is, this may be your big break, Pete. See, this is what I can't tell if I, if like I'm, I'm interested in this, but I don't want it to turn into like I'm Andy Rooney on. You know what bothers me? <laughs> tipping. It's like I don't mind tipping. I just I the the math is fascinating to me. Michelle makes a good point on uh, Facebook Live. Uh, how would people react to increased meal prices in lieu of tipping? I mean, it's a it's a really fair question, and I think it's the apprehension over that question as to why no one has just said that's what we're going to do. Well, some people have, but not enough. Well, it's I mean it's it's you don't tip in Europe. I mean, it's you just pay for your food and and leave it's or at least some places in europe so it's it's very cultural here and it it could obviously change and people would adjust but it's just the way we do things All right Dame. can you have a backup story as a in case this amazon <laughs> thing goes off the rails too quick i will do my very best People are like, oh, hey, you guys playing the show really well. And then I'm like, no one's ever said that. No. No one's ever said that. Um, Okay. I'm going to read a lot of this story because it is interesting. And then we can react to it. Our good friend Joe Saul Sihai from um, Stacking Benjamins. He reads things on the air and people like his show. Michelle, I'm with you. I enjoy giving a a generous uh, gratuity to folks that... uh, provide good service as well. Um, okay, you ready to go? <clears throat> yes. Who knows? You have a backup here. Okay. I do. I got it. All right. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Dame, I saw a news story this week that has me shaking my head. It's about Amazon, of course, in full disclosure. I don't know why I have to disclose this, but I, I own lots of shares of Amazon. Lots being pretty darn relative. Lots to me. Uh, The story is this, Amazon is expanding into department stores. They're gonna start opening giant brick and mortar stores. And so here's the story from Gizmodo, specifically from the writer Shoshana Wadensky. Now that it's officially swallowed the lion's share of online retail sales, Amazon is reportedly eyeing ways to corner our offline shopping Two, the Wall Street Journal reported on Thursday that the e-commerce giant is drumming up plans to open several department-style stores in a handful of cities across the U.S. People familiar with the matter told the paper that these stores would help Amazon extend its reach and sales of clothing, household items, electronics, and other areas. It's a smart move from Amazon, but also one that would end up being a privacy nightmare for a company that's seen its fair share of scandals in the space. Okay, so Dame, I'm going to pause there. I am excited to hear about this privacy nightmare. First first glance reaction to this. 
Did you know that Amazon sells more clothing than anybody else in the country? I believe it. I, I didn't know that, but I, I believe it. Just seems I, I when I think clothing, I don't think Amazon first. What would be your first guess? I would say Nike would be my first guess. Of brand that they sell more of or their their primary brand? No, if you said what company sells more clothing than anywhere else, actually, I would maybe say Target or Walmart. Walmart. What an old Navy. Nope. How about truck stops? Ooh. Do trucker uh, hats count? Per the journal, the first states where these department stores are expe- expected to open, including Ohio and California, they're planned to be mid-sized uh, at around 30,000 square feet, smaller than your average Costco or Walmart, but way larger than the Amazon four-star stores that generally clock in at around 4,000 square feet. Like those four-star locations, sources told the journal that Amazon's private label products would be featured front and center in these bigger locations alongside wares from other top consumer brands. I'm still trying to figure out where the... Privacy. The privacy issues are. What? Come on, article. Where do you see where the privacy uh, issues would be? No, I don't even see where you're reading the story at. Well, that's true. No, I'm just saying in general. Like, like if you think through it. No, I'm I'm having a real hard time. Unless it's, um, I mean, they haven't been hacked, have they? No, it says Amazon's always collected data on its shoppers and sellers, but the past few years have seen the company make a serious push to woo advertisers away from platforms like Instagram and YouTube. And that uh, woo worked, woo, oh, wooed them, worked because Amazon could offer what those platforms couldn't, data about every purchase, every search, and every wish list from every Amazon customer. Okay, so then here's what they would do. They would, Dame, everything you purchase in there, there would be data points on that, which would then they'd connect to your bigger data file and know more about you. But that's already happening. Yeah, That already happens at Target and Walmart. You swipe your debit card or credit card, unless you're paying in cash, that's all becoming part of our credit files anyway. And those stores are tracking all your purchases already and they put together very accurate algorithms that can predict certain things in your life before potentially you even know it or you've even announced it to anybody else. Wasn't there a story in a, a book that we read, Pete, that uh, Target uh, sent out a, a packet of, uh, like, your, your, so, so you're expecting coupons to a, to a household and uh, the, the dad got really upset because it was only his daughter in the household. Turns out she actually was pregnant and they figured that, Target figured that out based on her purchases, which weren't immediately obvious that they should have been uh, putting those dots together. But if you don't think Walmart and Target and whoever else, Kohl's and Kroger, if they're uh, not putting putting everything together as a giant puzzle on all your purchases, you are sadly mistaken. Far be it for me to tell Amazon how to run their business. But as a shareholder, I have to, I, I, I have a vote. I do have a, a vote via proxy, but... I don't understand if you've just wiped out all the department stores with your business model. And and one of the reasons you're able to wipe them out is economies of scale. And because they're competing because they they're, they're struggling because they have so much real estate they had to pay for. Why join up on all of that real estate issues? Dame, is it because they've already wiped them out and lowered commercial real estate space? And so they feel like they can come and buy, buy it cheap. Like why in the world would you do that? I think they're getting ahead of themselves here. I think they're looking for more content for Amazon prime video stuff so they can just make a movie about all of this and then put it out there and, and go for that. But doesn't it seem like a, 
like a bad horror movie where the the villain assumes the identity of the people that he kills off and, and starts to live as them. Amazon has gone in and wiped out all sorts of box stores or, or uh, other retailers, and now they are becoming a brick-and-mortar retailer themselves. Speaking of horror movies, did you see the news that came out today that Tesla... Tesla, why did I say it that way? Tesla has a new robot called the Tesla bot that they're about to release. Did you see the story? This is the story that I had in backup. Well, well, far from fully self-driving, that's amazing that we both had this as the backup. Yeah. You think we're not the same person. Tesla's artificial intelligence systems are quite impressive. They plan on using that expertise to help with menial tasks with the Tesla bot. Standing five foot eight inches tall and weighing 125 pounds, same. The AI powered bot is a bipedal humanoid robot aimed at revealing, pardon me, relieving humans <laughs> of duties that are dangerous or downright boring. Still in early development, the goal is for the robot to be capable of lifting up to 45 pounds and moving at up to five miles per hour, same, using dozens of actuators hidden within its sleek shell with a screen in the face to display information or perhaps just make it a little less menacing. Dame, did you see the uh, the first glance at what this product might look like? Yeah, it's terrifying. Oh my gosh. Has anyone at Tesla ever seen a movie, any sci-fi movie? Like it just, if this happens, it's over. Like forget climate change. The robots are going to kill us. Yeah. I, I, the good news is uh, Elon's a genius. The better news is He's really bad at hitting deadlines. So the fact yeah, that the possibility of this really happening anytime soon is really slim. I think the bigger point here is you've got these really big successful companies, uh, quotation marks around successful companies, and you get uh, their need and their desire to innovate. But then sometimes those innovations fall completely flat. Like an on uh, online retailer saying, now we're going to open giant department stores. Do you remember when gateway remember the computer company gateway with the cows yeah, and whatnot sure do was it gateway 2000 was that yes. the actual name of the company yeah. remember when they opened their uh mall stores that didn't go too well no not at all is netflix gonna open stores next uh, there's plenty of blockbusters that are just sitting vacant right now We've talked about that before, right? The the fact that years and years and years ago, Netflix came along and tried to join up with Blockbuster and Blockbuster just laughed in their face and then Netflix killed them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that didn't work out so well for Blockbuster. Were you ever on the Netflix platform where you, you got sent a DVD in the mail every few weeks or whatever? No, I never bought into it at that point. We did. So you would get like, which is strange because there's nothing net... Netflix is about them sending you a, a physical DVD in the mail other than you ordered it on the net. But they would. You'd watch it whenever, and then you'd send it back, and then the next one on your list would just arrive at your house. It was, it sort of made sense before streaming became a thing. But Can you, uh, can you still get DVDs from them? I, I think that's a hard no. I'm not sure. That's, I don't believe so. I don't I mean, believe if, so. If we're talking retro and vintage, I mean, it seems like that'll be a killer service in the future. Dame, I promised it earlier, but coming up after the break, possibly one of the biggest wastes of money of the week of all time here on this show. I've been doing this segment for, I want to say like 13 years. Other than a dog running service, 
in Chicago, there's these people, instead of walking your dog, they would take your dog for a run, which I found to be an incredible waste of money. Uh, the, this, this is right up there. So coming up after the break, everyone set your clocks, set your recorder, record this, put it out on YouTube yourself. This will be the greatest waste of money you've ever heard of. All that is next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. I ended that segment three uh, seconds early. Hey, Neil, uh, Neil Brown, a uh, friend of mine, restaurateur, uh, is in the comment section. Neil, are you still here? Because if so, I'm going to ask you to, I'm going to share a link and invite you to come on the show right now to talk about tipping. If you're still in the comments and you want to come on the show, in the comments, but I'm here and I'm camera ready, girlfriend, and I will come on the show because I have tipping questions for you and I will bring you on. So if you're there, you're there. If not, you're not. Dame, how is it that you had the same backup story as I had? I don't know, and it's a little crazy. But why, why are we surprised at this at this point? No, we, we share some sensibilities. I'm going on a date today. Does Mrs. Planner know? She'll be there. Oh, well, fantastic. Um, yeah, well, we're getting a little lunch action. Where, where uh, do, you, do you know where? I mean, of course you know where because you've already yeah. looked at the menu. Yes, I, I actually, I was looking at the menu last night, and she said, why are you looking at the menu? We've been there 10,000 times. And I said, why are you up in my jibs? Uh, Mary says she disagrees that dog running is a waste of time. She thinks it's a very uh, a good use of money. All right. How often do you order the special versus something that you've scouted? That's a good question. That's a good question. 5% of the time, I order the special. I... I I'm going to Florida in early November to speak at a conference. I've already scouted out the area I'll be in and all the restaurants around it. And I've looked at probably 13, 14 menus. And I've already decided what I'm going to order at like five of the restaurants. That's just efficient though, isn't it? Uh, I think so. Yeah. My wife would argue it's inefficient. <sighs> she doesn't right. do anything. <laughs> Come on. Quit talking about my wife. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, new segment. Oh, Neil's not here anymore. He left. He must have oh. got bored. Oh. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner show is Huel Cafe Latte V3 Powder. Getting a complete nutritionally balanced meal with no prep, mess, or planning seems like a dream. Huel makes that a reality with their V3 powder. At just 400 calories, every serving contains the perfect balance of protein, carbs, fats, and fiber, along with 27 essential vitamins and minerals. With everything your body needs from food, Huel will keep you fuller for longer with its slow-releasing carbs and comes in a variety of satisfying flavors, including a new cafe latte option. Just mix it with water in the included shaker and enjoy a 100% plant-based gluten-free meal. Each bag contains about 34 servings, which means each meal will only set you back $1.91. Subscribe for monthly deliveries, two bags in each order. Price starts at $72 for a giant sack of blended meal. Dame... We were just talking about food during the break. I love food. Why do I want to, why would anyone do this? I mean, and, and you'll say, well, it's it's a breakthrough for people with, uh, with poverty and hunger. No, it's not. This is a high-end 
uh, engineered product. Why would you do this? That's for somebody who's uh, either on the go or maybe trying to make sure that their diet is tailored in a very specific way as they're trying to reach fitness goals. And it's pretty darn, uh, sounds like it's pretty, pretty darn reasonably priced as well. How long until I have this? I can't believe you haven't had it already with some of the changes you've made. Some of the changes, some of those changes have come back. I stepped on the old uh, bathroom scale the other day. You know, every once in a while you lose things, you find them again. And uh, I found a couple of those pounds. That's all right. I mean, are you still doing the uh, the running with Mrs. Planner? No, yeah, we ran this week. Dame, what's in the news this well, week? Your uh, your regular reminder to freeze your credit this uh, this time around is brought to you by T-Mobile. They said they learned late last week that an individual in an online forum claimed to have breached its systems and was attempting to sell stolen customer data. The company confirmed on August 16th that, in fact, it was hacked, adding the following day that attackers made off with personal data from nearly 48 million people. 48 million people. Dame, uh, the, this, is, like, this actually blends into our real financial talk here. You've got to freeze your credit. Yeah. Totally. We've, it's been a while since we've hit on this, I feel like. And, and the easiest way to do it, it's slightly a pain in the neck, but not that bad. You go to each of the three credit bureaus, Equifax, Experian, and TransUnion, and you place a freeze on your credit file. It means that people won't send you pre-approved credit card offers. It will also mean if you're part of a data breach, no one can take that information and open new credit lines in your name. It is amongst the biggest no-brainers of all no-brainers. It is, I think it's easier than most people think it will be. And unfreezing it, when you need to unfreeze it, easy. Easy. Go online, unfreeze it, especially if you know which credit uh, bureau, the whoever you're dealing with is going to check. It can be done in five minutes. It's no problem. Uh, it's free in the state of Indiana. You may have to pay a little bit in some states, but it's going to be nominal, especially considering all of the protection that it will give you. I cut you off in the middle of that story. It seemed like you were going to share another interesting element to the 48 million people breached. No, nothing interesting. Then what else is in the news? Anyone who has tequila right now is selling it at the price of gold. That's how one Mexican agave producer described the tequila boom to the Los Angeles Times. And a boom it is. Thanks to a surge in brands started by celebrities, including Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Nick Jonas, and the OG tequila influencer. Yeah, George Clooney. Mexico is producing 800% more tequila than it did 20 years ago, Pete. I, you know, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, you know, yeah. that whole thing. Yeah. I have, I believe, one degree or two degrees of separation from the George Clooney tequila brand that I'm not going to necessarily explain on the air. But have I ever explained this to you off the air? I don't think so. But doesn't everybody just have one if they go to the store and buy a bottle? No, I mean like super direct to the actual Mr. Thing. Clooney. Um, do you like the tequila? You know what? I've never never gotten into it. I like it. I'll say this. I'm really glad I didn't discover I liked it until I was out of college. Oh. You know what I mean? Because it just seems like one of those things that you could really hurt yourself, hurt your voice, and then just damage an entire radio career before it started. I'm pretty sure the same can be said with basically any alcohol. <laughs> it's absolutely true. So, uh, so people who who make it down in Mexico and, and harvest the agave, they're getting to call their shots. Market prices for those raw materials and products are going up, right? Did you say call the shots? 
I did, but I didn't mean to. <laughs> Man, you know, if you make a, an inadvertent joke, do you get to take credit for the joke? I think so. I think it I works that way. I, it doesn't feel the same. I would have loved to have come up with that. Uh, yeah, I, you know, bourbon obviously was the big boom for a while. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's going to find its way through all the different liquors, right? I mean, we're going we're to get into to gin. It'll be like a big gin boom, a gin blossom, if you will. There you go. Like uh, pine tree growers are going to suddenly be really popular because uh, the bathtub gin industry is is spiking juniper yeah vodka became that thing for a while that everyone was making sort of a novelty vodka brand but i don't really get down on the the vodka so who really cares no what else is in the news mastercard is phasing out the use of magnetic stripes on its credit card and debit cards over the next decade as the industry moves towards more secure or convenient alternatives like chips and contactless payments the company announced it says that the first payments network to phase out technology uh, which dates back to the 1960s uh, will be them. Uh, they're going to lead the way on this, Pete. Uh, MasterCard says the transition will start in 2024 when the stripe will no longer be required on new cards in regions like Europe where chip cards are already widely used. Can I admit to something embarrassing? Sure. Several years ago on this show, I made fun of a particular credit card. I don't even remember because of it was like a metal credit card. It could have been like an American Express card that was metal and it had some weight to it. And I was like, who cares? I was out to dinner with some friends not too long ago and I, I pull out my debit card to pay and they pull out their uh, method of payment and they pulled out one of these stinking, like they threw it on the table and it was like, clunk, clunk, clunk. Dame, pretty awesome. I mean, it was, it was pretty awesome. And I was like, wow, why do I want that? That's how much these uh, uh, credit card companies are in our head is that they somehow created a a piece of payment uh, uh, methodology that makes me want one. Yeah, Apple makes their their physical cards. You have to request one, by the way, out of titanium. It's amazing. Do you think we're going to get to a point when this whole Pete the Planner thing is all said and done? whether it be a week from now or 10, 15 years from now, where everything I've ever said, every hot take I've ever expressed just proves to be wrong. No, it can't be every hot take. A lot of them. I, that's the thing. I've said it before in the show. The, the thing about having a perspective or, or giving takes in the mass media is that you're wrong a lot. Because you you, you you just go so binary. You're just like, what's well, this or it's this? If it's not this, then it's that, and that's no good. And then you end up just embarrassing yourself if you're, if, uh, you're not self-aware and willing to admit it. And yet those people appear on their shows the very next day again. I said it uh, two weeks ago, I believe, on this show. I have zero desire to appear on TV ever again. And really? I'm, I'm just saying it right now. I don't care anymore. Not even uh, local local spots for. Uh... I don't care. I mean, well, I, commercials are different because I feel like, well, for for I, I do those college choice commercials because I feel like it, it influences people to save for their kids' college education. So I don't really view that as a TV appearance as much as trying to help people. But I just like I, there was a, there was a there was like a, a buzz to it, like a you mm-hmm. know, I don't I just don't care anymore. Anyway, no one cares what I care about, uh, so that's all right, Dame. What a show. So you would take the the hostess job, then the bartending job. 
Yeah, and I think there's a significant gap between uh, hostess and bartender. Sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. He's Damian Dunn. He's a radio star. I am too. This is the show. It's a weird show. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it afterwards. That was just weird. You know what the good news is? No one cares. Yeah, that's exactly right. Jameson, of course, he's got one of those metal cards. Danza says, people in my area are all about the vodka. I have picked up handles of vodka for five different customers over the last week. One of them actually ordered two handles. Wow, now that's a party. That's right, Danza delivers, like, uh, stuff. Nice. Drizzly or Postmates or something like that. Oh, all right. I do think, Dame, it's going to get to a point where every hot take I've had in the last 10 years is going to be proven wrong and I'm going to admit it. Do you, uh, do you remember when you said you were going to be an Uber driver for a weekend or something like that? I did it. I did. did You did did it? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe you should be a server for a night. (sighs) You know, I've thought of this. I actually, I've absolutely thought of this. Here's the reason I'm not, I don't want to, I had a friend in radio probably 10 years ago that took on different jobs to show people how easy those jobs were and that people should quit complaining about that jobs. And it came off real gross. Yeah. And so what I don't want to do is to do that and then get this perspective of, look, I can do it anyway. And, and not that I would, I think I'd pretty be a pretty good server if I can just get out of my own head that I have to talk to people, right? I think I could do it, but then I would never want to come on a platform like this and be like, I did it and I made uh, $85 that night. I just, you know what I mean? Yeah. I can get I, it. Maybe I'd do it. I would just have to keep it between you and me. Well, then what's the point? Why don't you and Cassie just come to our house for dinner and then I'll just serve you and, and you have to tip me big? Deal. All right, done. All right. Um, that's it. I want to edit the show because I want to go to on a date with my wife and then I've got youth soccer stuff I got to deal with. I can hardly wait for the stories. <laughs> uh, Dame, I should tell people the email that I sent earlier this week. I told you about it yesterday. <laughs> um, well, here's an email that I sent to someone in the midst of trying to schedule a youth soccer game. Um, <laughs> oh, this is so awkward. But you know what? It felt necessary. It felt necessary. I got to find it. No one cares, but it, it is it is sort of interesting. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. You know what? It's not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> Basically, I said, I'm not trying to break the rules. I'm simply trying to find solutions. I wish you were too. Ooh. Awkward. Okay, I got to go. Uh, this is just getting dumb. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, stay getting money. <laughs>